I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. I got a very encouraging text message uh, over the break. It came uh, from a family member of Sergeant Stan Nance. Uh, We, for the past half hour here on the program, have been talking about an effort in Congress right now to award the Congressional Gold Medal to members of something called the Ghost Army. In World War II, there was uh, an American unit, about 1,100 strong, and their job was to to deceive the enemy. Specifically in the European theater, uh, their job was to, uh, through use of trickery, deception, uh, and other means, uh, to fool uh, the Axis enemies. Specifically, uh, in in many cases, there were Germans we were trying to trick, and their tactics are absolutely fascinating. And as we have had this conversation play out over the past little while, I've gotten a number of text messages uh, steering me towards a a PBS documentary plus a a pair of books, one called The Ghost Army of World War II and and The Ghost Army of uh, World War II, another one of a similar title. So the story goes real quickly like this. Inflatable tanks, inflatable aircraft, inflatable structures, even inflatable soldiers were spread out. And those were spread out like that in an effort to uh, confuse those uh, on, of the enemy forces as they conducted uh, reconnaissance missions. Congressman Stewart explained that uh, in, in that day, reconnaissance efforts were uh, not that great, right? You didn't have crystal clear imagery, and it was very easy uh, to fool the spies from above, and you could do so with inflatable tanks. Some of the uh, video footage, there's not much, but uh, what is there is is almost comical to see these World War II soldiers uh, bouncing these inflatable tanks, rolling them over with one hand, uh, and then to see them from above and uh, observing that they were nearly indistinguishable from similar aerial photos and uh, imagery taken from observation posts of the real thing, of real tanks and structures and soldiers moving about. What's the benefit there? Well... It communicates to the enemy uh, that our forces were occupying territories that were really just guarded by inflatable tanks or that our forces were much larger uh, than they were in reality. A study of these efforts by the 1,100 members of the Ghost Army concludes that their efforts saved in all likelihood up to 30,000 American lives. And right now, In the United States Congress, there is an effort to award them the Congressional Gold Medal. Text message comes in right now, and it says, Lee, what a great Army hero name. Sergeant Stan Nance. It's so true. 
Sergeant Stanley Nance. It's a strong name. Strong name for a strong Utah engaged during World War II in a, a strong effort to save the lives of others and to ultimately aid in the effort to win the war. Cool stuff. Real cool stuff. Uh, All right, moving on. Real quickly, uh, before we get on to Apple v. Facebook, let me remind you that we are continuing our week-long effort to touch base with the various health departments throughout the state of Utah. Thus far, we've spoken to Salt Lake County. Yesterday, we spoke to Utah County. And today, I'll be joined at 2.30 by Trevor Warner with the Davis County Health Department. Why do I tell you that now? Well, it's because the reason... We're speaking with these various health departments is to answer any questions that you may have. And so get your questions in now, 575-00. You live in Davis County uh, and you'd like to know how to get your hands on a vaccine or more specifically how to get a vaccine into your arm. Maybe you have questions on behalf of a loved one in your family, someone in that 70 plus category uh, who may need a little help. Uh, figuring out exactly how uh, to get the COVID-19 vaccine uh, injected. Whatever the question is, I'd like uh, you to send it my way. 575-00. That's coming up uh, about, what, 45 minutes from right now. We'll be speaking with the Davis County Health Department. Okay, Uh, I have rambled on for a little while here, so i got to truncate this uh, story. Uh, But don't worry, in the next segment we'll be speaking uh, with a tech expert. Uh, consumer tech editor from Gizmodo. The the issue at hand right now are a pair of dueling announcements, one made by Apple, the other made by Facebook. First, from Apple, the announcement uh, is, well, it's, it's expected that there will be a pretty significant policy change at Apple. When it comes to downloading apps, uh, you will be prompted uh, to either opt into or out of allowing your uh, private information to be uh, collected and ultimately uh, shared with, say, advertisers or someone like that who could uh, you know, stand to gain from information about your movements uh, on the Internet, specifically your interactions with various apps. On the other hand, Facebook understands that, well, first off, their business model is very much dependent on that very information that Apple is making it far easy uh, for you to withhold. Facebook has now uh, a competing announcement, letting it be known that uh, as you download, say, the Facebook or the Instagram app, that a full-screen prompt will come up explaining that the type of information that is collected by, uh, say, Facebook and Instagram is used in the support of small businesses. That there are small businesses throughout our community and country that rely on the ability of Facebook to target advertising and to reach out and connect with individuals who uh, position themselves or have, you know, through their behavior online, communicated to Facebook that they might be receptive to uh, an ad for this business or that. Now, taking a step backwards, uh, have you seen that Social Dilemma documentary? I watched it with my wife, and it was pretty jarring. It made me wonder if we're ever going to be <laughs> wondering if we're ever going to be uh, giving little baby Piper uh, the ability to have her own social media account. Uh, right now, I'm thinking maybe not. Uh, but there was a fundamental question asked in that uh, in that social dilemma documentary that has kind of stuck with me, and it is 
uh, if you're not paying for a service, who exactly uh, or what exactly is the product? We don't pay for Facebook, and yet we are able to enjoy you know, the ability to interact with either our friends, uh, our family members, uh, small businesses or large businesses, and also you know, members of communities who may share uh, our interests. It's a pretty overgeneralized description of what Facebook is, but all of those uh, activities I just described are free of charge. You don't pay for them. And so the question is, what is the product? And the answer is you and your behavior online and your activity online. Facebook has uh, made a very lucrative uh, business based on keeping an eye on what you do. That information is very valuable to others. And Apple uh, is taking a step towards making that a little more difficult to Facebook for Facebook to pull off. What do you think about that? 57500. Are you okay with that? Or will you do all you can to keep your online movements to yourself? I don't know. 57500 is the Utah Community Credit Union text line. Please send your thoughts in and also any questions you may have for the Davis County Health Department. We'll be speaking with Trevor Warner later on in the program. Quick break right now. When we return, uh, we're really going to dig into this Facebook v. Apple deal. Uh, I'll welcome to the program consumer tech editor uh, with Gizmodo, Caitlin McGarry, uh, who can explain this uh, much better and in much greater detail uh, than I've been able to thus far. So stick around. Uh, interesting conversation coming up next here on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. I'm a graduate of Brigham Young University. And the other day, I was hoping uh, to get myself a new crew neck sweatshirt. And I was kind of combing through the offerings on the BYU Bookstore's online uh, offerings. And I didn't quite find the, the sweatshirt that I was envisioning. And so I went uh, to Google and I searched around here and there. And uh, I, I even went to like the Facebook marketplace. This is Utah after all. I thought maybe I'd be able to find the sweatshirt I was looking for. Uh, well, ultimately, not that you care, I didn't find the sweatshirt I was looking for. So the, the search continues. I'm looking for a real basic one. It, real, it doesn't matter. What has happened since, though, is interesting to me, at least, and it is that everywhere I go online, be it Facebook or any of the uh, apps I use which involve advertising, anytime I'm on Google or on any of the various websites I use reading through the news each day, it is BYU sweatshirt after BYU sweatshirt, all right? (laughs) Those ad columns on the right and on the left, the ones that pop up in front of everything I'm trying to read, it's BYU. Listen, I'm not telling you anything you haven't experienced. I I know uh, that you are well familiar that our behavior online is observed and that it is sold, that there is a commodity in our online behavior. And that commodity uh, of information is very valuable to advertisers. So, too, is uh, our privacy valuable to us, right? And there has, uh, you know, since, you know, social media and other uh, online behavior has really taken hold in the past number of decades, we'll say, uh, this has been a kind of a tug and war back and forth between, uh, you know, what does it cost to be online? What do we give up? What are we able to protect? And there have been some big players emerge. Privacy in the Apple world is important. It's big. In fact, uh, we... Uh, here have a clip from Apple CEO Tim Cook uh, speaking just yesterday uh, as part of a computer and data protection conference on the state of social media and privacy. 
The fact is that an interconnected ecosystem of companies and data brokers, of purveyors of fake news and peddlers of division, of trackers and hucksters just looking to make a quick buck, is more present in our lives than it has ever been. And it has never been so clear how it degrades our fundamental right to privacy first and our social fabric by consequence. Now, for this and other reasons, it's been telegraphed by Apple that there will be uh, a change. That uh, apps downloaded that uh, have worked into their business model, the collection of user data, uh, that users, if, if that app would like to uh, be placed on the App Store for Apple, that those apps would have to uh, allow users to either opt in or uh, opt out of the collection of their data. Facebook uh, traffics in this information. Their entire business model is, uh, for the most part, based on uh, our online activity and making valuable to others that information. Uh, And so there's some tug-of-war right now. To help understand the nuance and where things are going and what it might mean for the user, I've invited to the program Consumer Tech Editor with Gizmodo, Caitlin McGarry. Caitlin, welcome to the program. How are you? Hi, I'm good. Thanks for having me. Listen, you've heard me describe uh, this this thing, uh, this kind of back and forth right now between Apple and Facebook. I'm a novice layman. I have done the best I can to explain it. Will you fill in any gaps I may have missed there? Yeah, no, you actually did an excellent job. Um, that's exactly what's happening. Uh, Facebook's business model is to sell ads, and advertisers would like to know a lot more about you to target you with ads that you might actually click on and buy something. So um, your iPhone and iPad have uh, um, basically a number attached to it. So um, that number uh, lets you know apps track you around, um, not just in a specific app, but across the web, across other apps. And so what Apple is doing is letting you basically take control of that tracking, and um, which is something you could do before, but it was kind of buried in settings. And now apps have to ask you, um, do you want to be tracked or not? And like you were saying with the example of the sweatshirt, I mean, how often do you actually click on something that is just served up to you on the sidebar or at the top? It's usually something you just glanced at, and now it follows you everywhere. So I'm not sure how useful people find those highly personalized ads, but Apple is basically saying you should have the choice whether you see them or not. Yeah. Uh, I hate to admit this. I have clicked on a few of those other sweatshirts, uh, not exactly to my liking, <laughs> but they have caught my attention. And, and you, you are right. Okay. I think the overwhelming majority of folks that are you know, bombarded by those personalized ads, uh, they're not clicking. But uh, you know, even if it's a fraction of a percentage of those who are enticed to click, that fraction of a percentage, when translated into like real dollars, uh, that's a mountain of money. There is value if you play the numbers right. Do you imagine that this will have a great economic impact on either of these companies, Apple or Facebook? Is this such a big deal to Facebook that they need to, uh, I don't want to say go back to the drawing board, but at least reassess some of their uh, primary revenue streams? I do think it will have an impact on Facebook, and Facebook has said as much. They're, they're you know, factoring um, sort of the loss of that revenue into their earnings going forward. Um, I, I know that they are testing a couple of ways to encourage people to leave this tracking feature turned on. So um, there are a couple of different pop-ups you might see when you open the Facebook app, like, um, you know, if you allow us to uh, – personalize your ads more, that will be a better experience for you. Or, you know, this feature allows small businesses 
to um, give you better ads and don't you want to support them? So that sort of thing. Um, and some people might decide that, that they like that experience, which is totally fine. But a lot of people who didn't realize that, that what was, that's what was happening, they will decline, you know, Facebook's ability to track them. So um, I think it will definitely have an, an impact. Yeah, the, the, the plea to support small businesses, as, as I have seen that explained by Facebook in essentially a, a counter move to what Apple has announced, I, I just can't see I can't see that plea catching fire or I can't see it taking hold and moving folks to say, oh, yeah, you know what? I really do like that cupcake shop down the street. And so for that <laughs> matter, I am going to let big Internet follow me everywhere I go. I, <laughs> I can't see. Yeah, it's uh, an the, interesting argument. <laughs> yeah. And, and the and I, and I wonder too, you know, how earnest it is. We we have certainly during this coronavirus pandemic, we have become fully aware of the difficulties experienced by small businesses. You you wonder if there is a direct connection here, or if it is trying to play on uh, the sympathies that we have for small business. Who who knows? Who knows? But uh, uh, what yeah. we do know is that times are changing, and that the way we interact with apps, uh, at least uh, with. Apple's involvement is changing, and so too may change the way that Facebook does business. Uh, Kayla McGarry, yep. Consumer Tech Editor with Gizmodo, thank you so much for your time and your expertise here. Thanks for having me. All righty. Uh, we're going to take a, a break right now, and when we return, coming into the 2 o'clock hour, I will deliver to you the top two stories at 2 o'clock. That's up next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.